So guys, today is going to be amazing. You are in for a great treat with our guests today. We're talking all things money, budgeting, and profitable culture. Profitable in every sense of the word. I mean, every sense of the word. <laughs> I mean, from your building out your team culture to... When to build out your team culture. Mm -hmm, to making sure that that culture is a profitable culture in every single sense of that word and listen you don't have to have a huge team to start building company culture it starts with you it starts it starts from the head right yes and our guest today just gave some amazing insight about how to think about your budgeting and adding team members i know some of you have been thinking about that she's talking about all things finances business especially for married entrepreneurs now we're going to be introducing you to lisa AKA LZ. She is the COO and CFO and original culture cultivator at Belay, which is the leading virtual staffing solutions company. Amazing company who was our partner. We're so honored to be partnering with them and to be sharing this great content with you today. So we're going to share more about what she does and all of the great things that she'll be sharing with you. Um, but before then, here are some of the highlights. I mean, and they're all highlights in my book, really. Here are some of the things that you're going to be learning in this episode. Yep, you're going to learn about how how should small business owners budget to hire help mm -hmm. and what kinds of metrics should you be should small business owners be using in order to budget for their personal salary. Especially when there's irregular income. Yes, Lord. You're all, we're also going to be talking about the financial best practices that she recommends um, as COO and CFO of Belay, especially for marriedpreneur business owners. And also, we I mean, she shared some great in, uh, wisdom on the types of questions that we should be asking our bookkeepers and other financial team members before you hire them, or if you've already hired them, you can still ask questions right now. So it's really she good. She even gave some great distinctions mm -hmm. that oftentimes we as small business owners don't consider as it pertains to bookkeepers and even a CPA. So listen. And how to save money. And how to save money and mm -hmm. do it the right way. Because many marriedpreneurs overpay. When That's right. Like, and when she explained that, listen, y'all yeah, going to check that out. And in addition to that, Belay is also offering an amazing free resource. So just listen to this episode all the way through many times over because it's that good. Y'all ready? Let's go. So the big question is this. How do married entrepreneurs like us who have decades of business building experience, how do we break through common communication, productivity, and profitability barriers all while living powerfully in sync? That's the big question and this podcast is the answer. You see, even if just one of you is called to entrepreneurship, the family is called to entrepreneurship. No, the goal is not the almighty dollar. We're aiming for the almighty impact. What's up? This is O.L. and Sway Buckley. Welcome to the Married Pernod Life Podcast. Marriage Marketplace Ministry. Let's go. Hey, everybody. What's up? This is O.L. Buckley. And this is Sway Buckley. Of MarriedPernodLife.com. Yes, this is where we help mission-minded married entrepreneurs, those who want to get more clarity, generate more income, and above all of that, leave a lasting impact. Yes, married entrepreneurs come to us to sync high-level systems with laser clear strategy to build out their structure, their legacy structure, profitably and peaceably. Amen for that. And so as legacy builders, we are here introducing and welcoming you all other legacy builders to this virtual room. So welcome if this is your first time. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If this is not your first time, we're glad to have you back in the virtual building. Now, whether you are an indiepreneur, a spousalpreneur, mm -hmm. or a couplepreneur, 
you are definitely in the right place. And if you have no idea what we're talking about, Indiepreneurs is a marriedpreneur type where both spouses are building individual businesses. And then we have the spousalpreneurs where one spouse is building the business and the other is doing a nine to five. And then there are couplepreneurs where, where both spouses are working together to build that business. So those are the three primary marriedpreneur types. And you can actually be a combination of any of those as well. Um, yes, at various points in our life, we have been actually all three and currently hold two of the three positions. <laughs> we hold two of those positions. That's right, we hold. <laughs> we hold those positions. <laughs> so we, we have an amazing, amazing resource and a, a great guest um, that's going to be sharing her her experience and her golden nuggets of wisdom. You are going to be in for a treat. So get your pens and your papers because as we shared earlier a few moments ago that uh, what you're about to get right now is going to be one of those episodes where you're going to have to rewind it. Do they do rewind anymore? I think they just shuffle back. They just shuffle back. Toggle Rewind kind of talks about the cassette age. Right. Yeah. Well, which says a lot about us, but hey, here we are. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? You know what we're trying to say? Anyway, is that good is what we're trying to say. Just get to the point. It's, It's that good. So let me tell you really quickly about this amazing guest that will be sharing with us today. Yes. As the COO, CFO and original culture cultivator at Belay, the leading virtual staffing solution company, Lisa Zeveld, aka LZ, ensures that optimum, excuse me, that optimum people and processes are in place to allow Belay to realize, maximize, or shows a maximum profitability since the success of an organization begins and ends with its people. Yes, Lisa thrives in creating dynamic and healthy cultures by developing recruiting strategies for hiring ideal team players, launching programs to increase team member engagement, creating initiatives that cultivate over 95% retention, my goodness, and leveraging technology for innovative solutions. She is fanatical about people and numbers, the utilization of agile methodologies, bottom line profitability, and creating opportunities for professional and personal growth. Married Pneur Lifers, let's welcome LZ. That was a mouthful, wasn't it? Wow. (laughs) How are you, LZ? I am doing great. I am doing great. Thank you guys so much for welcoming me to your podcast. I am thrilled to be speaking to your audience. At one point or another, I myself have been in your shoes. Um, And I love the three titles. I had not heard that before, but so so true. Uh, right now, I probably fit more of the spousal paneur, uh role, you know, um, my husband and I have definitely owned a few businesses together. Um, and right now I'm the nine to fiver and, and he's kind of dipping his toe in some other things. Um, so thank you. That was that was really informational. I appreciate that. Awesome. Awesome. We like people to know like you belong here, even if you're not the traditional, if there's no like cookie cutter, you know, married newer type and lives and Seasons change, you know, um, and just to know, okay, I'm still, this is who, who we are still at the core. Absolutely. Well, and I think there's even a subset of people who um, you have a dreamer who wants to be an entrepreneur as part of your married union, right? And so just being married to somebody who is always dreaming and looking for ways to build a legacy within their family is also a really 
cool partnership to have too. You don't feel it. You don't know it all the time, but you're really blessed to have somebody, um, you know, as a partner who was always dreaming for more and looking to build a legacy for you. Um, so very cool stuff. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's so good. Yeah. We're glad to have you here and listen, we know that our Maripuna lifers are ready to, to absorb this content. So let's just jump right into mm-hmm. Uh, the thick of it, if you will. Mm-hmm. So let's 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 start here, LZ. What, how would you say, you know, given your background, h- how would you say that a company's culture and their numbers intersect? Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, that's pretty easy. You know, when I think about creating a business. Um, especially, I would assume that a lot of your listeners probably fall in that small to medium sized business, right? Um, you know, you are wanting your employees, it might just be one, or you might have 10, but you want them to show up every day and do their best possible work. Um, it's really hard for someone to show up and do their best possible work if they don't like you or they don't like your mission. <laughs> this is true. Absolutely. I, I mean, I, I hate to break it down and get real. I mean, we've only been talking a few minutes no, here. I'm just, I'm just, you know, getting naked here with you. <laughs> um, but it's so true. And so that's really where a culture comes into it. It's finding like-minded people who understand what your mission is. Now, I'm a big believer you shouldn't be in business if you're not passionate about what the mission is. Um, and, uh, and one of the, the great analogies I like to use is if you're familiar with Dr. Henry Townsend, he's an author, he's written several books, saw him speak a number of years ago. And he gives the example that he met with a, an employee of a company um, who was making routers, internet routers, all the things that make this happen every day for us. And the guy was just a little unmotivated, right? He's like, I don't know. I'm not really saving the world. I'm just in manufacturing routers. And, uh, and Dr. Townsend said, yeah, but where do those routers go? Yeah. And, you know, the guy starts listing off all these places. And one of them he mentioned is in hospitals. Mm. And, and Dr. Townsend broke it down like this. And he said, yeah, so you're building equipment that helps save lives because it's going into a hospital. And so I think that's where that culture piece comes in, right? Like we as, as owners and as business leaders have to do a better job about bringing people along our journey, our entrepreneur journey, who understand why we're in business in the first place and what the mission is behind what we're trying to do, we're trying to sell, whether it's a service or a product. When you have people who stand behind what you're trying to do, they show up, they work harder, Mm-hmm. right? Which grows your business, which grows revenue, because they're going to be so passionate about, it. they're going to have that owner's mentality, mm-hmm. um, which motivates anybody to show up every day. And again, to help increase, maybe it's the customer service, mm-hmm. which in turn increases your revenue, mm-hmm. or if they're in a sales role, increases your revenue, or even if it's just as a brand ambassador, when they're out after work, maybe on the ball field in a restaurant, they're talking to their friends and family, they love what they do so much that they can't stop talking about it. And that brings more customers to you. So absolutely connected. Yeah, that's a great place. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. And it makes me think like, like I kind of think in, 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 in words, and it sounds like you're talking about regarding a company's um, a mission, you're talking about perspective. And we talk about that a lot with married entrepreneurs and how important perspective is. And I remember when I was younger, when I was a, small child and uh, the town fire department came to our school and they put us in, um, we had opportunity to sit in the driving chair of the fire truck. Mm -hmm. 
And what it did was it gave us, I mean, obviously we weren't, you know, firemen, we were kids, but I could see the perspective mm. of the driver of the fire truck. And I think sometimes the mission is almost like an invitation to see the long range mission of what it is that we're doing. And so when it sounds like what you're saying is that when team members and and employees can see that, and even when your spouse can see, hey, this is ultimately what we're working on, yeah. I think that perspective really helps them rally behind the mission. It sounds like that's what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. You, they just have to know what the purpose is behind what they do. And that's really what we're seeing too with employees of the next generation that are coming up. Um, they're teaching us so much. I think sometimes, you know, the p- people have talked poorly about millennials in the past, um, but millennials are teaching us things that we've never known before, especially if you grew up with a baby boomer as a parent, you know, I'm kind of in that middle Gen Zer kind of lane. And we saw our parents get up and go to work every day, even if they hated it because they yeah. knew they needed a nine to five and hopefully we're going to get a pension or some sort of retirement, yeah. but it wasn't that good work life balance or quality of life. It was just something they had to do. So as Gen Zers, we kind of um, took that and tried to make it our own and tried to have a little bit more flexibilities. But man, these millennials, they have it figured out and they want to know what they're working for has purpose. And that's what that mission does. Like you said, oh, well, it gives them the perspective of why you were wanted to create a business, why you want to offer that product or service. Um, you know, yeah, it's going to sound a little grand to change the world, but we, we don't go into business unless we don't look to change the world and offer something that we think a competitor isn't doing quite as well as what we are. Mm, That's good. That's so good. So now we're talking about business changing the world. Now there is something that's very, it's critical for every single business in order for it to be sustainable and for Mm -hmm. it to really go beyond us and uh, begin to impact other generations, future generations as well. One of those things or one of the main things I would say is the finances, right? And making sure that the budgeting being clear on what that, what it is, number one, how to handle and manage it. Um, So we know that there are a lot of uh, listeners who are in transition and they many times they ask us about like hiring and um, well, how do we budget for hiring and how do we know that we are in position to hire? Uh, What would you say to that? How would you respond to that question? Yeah, I think a very conservative method um, would be to save about three months worth of salary. It's a good starting spot right there. Like, can I really afford this role? Um, you know, that's for somebody, your business is growing pretty fast. Um, in three months, you know, hey, I don't have a problem doing this. If you're struggling a little bit with this and in three months, you're like, oh, I don't know, that was a little hard. Yeah. Um, go to six months, right? Like, you know, um, there are certain uh, financial planners. That was my background before I, I got into corporate finance who will tell you a year. Um, they're they're going to hate me saying this. I think a year is a very long time for a thriving, growing business. So I say start with three months, see how it feels to you, and then move to six months. What you don't want to do, what will kill culture any day, is to bring somebody on your team who you can't afford. Um, And here's the thing. You might be able to afford them, but then you start taking money out of your pocket and ultimately your family's pocket, which changes your legacy. And so that's what I want to protect. I love employees. Hear me. You, You said my bio. I love people and numbers. But my heart is for entrepreneurs, because when I sit down and I get the opportunity, um, I'm always humbled when people ask me to come and take a look at their financials. Mm -hmm. It breaks my heart to see that they're not compensating themselves well. 
that they have employees who are making more than they are. You know, they start out thinking, I'm going to start an S corp. And so I'm going to take a, a lesser salary. So I get the tax benefits from it. And I'm going to take out distributions, mm-hmm. but only there's no distributions at the end. And so they're making pennies on a dollar because they're trying to bring people on. So mm-hmm. I start with that three months and really get a feel for what it's like to bring somebody on the team, but make sure you're still able to pay yourself. Um, and so that you can reap the rewards. Um, otherwise, you know, you have a, you know, basically you have a nine to five job or a nine to nine job, or, a, yeah. you know, you're working 60 hours a week to get a paycheck, but you're not building that legacy because you, you're not building an asset. Mm-hmm. Well, then you might as well go back and work for somebody else at that point. Cause you'd work a lot less than, yeah. than you wouldn't. So that's really for me from a financial perspective, when you know, you need help. A lot of times, unfortunately, um, the need and the burden on the business probably doesn't line up when you can afford it. And so at that point, you're going to have to get creative um, with the um, your scaling of the business, looking at your processes, really reviewing any automation that you can build in your business to kind of feed that gap. Yeah. of when you can actually afford somebody. Yeah, that's so good. And you mentioned about uh, being able, entrepreneurs being able to pay themselves, making sure that, that ma- mm-hmm. I mean, it has to be there, right? In order for there to be um, that level of sustainability for themselves and for their family. Uh, family. So what would you say, like, what are some metrics that a small business owner should use um, for their, their own personal salary, especially when their mm-hmm. income is irregular? Yeah, um, you know, if you're not lucky to have a recurring revenue business, which is the the pinnacle of any type of business, right? We yeah. love subscription type businesses. If you don't have that, and you know, you are more installment revenue, which means that you know there's some seasonality to what's happening there. Um, first and foremost, um, even before you start the business, do some research to understand what the typical compensation is, um, you know, what the net profit is left in the building and things like that before you even start. So do a performa. And basically what that is, is you start out and you go, okay, what will it look like to have one customer? And I think that's going to last me a couple of months, right? Because most people, unless you're in um, selling a, a particular product, but if it's services, it lasts a couple months. And then add in there how many clients or how many, products you will sell over time to kind of understand what that revenue looks like and what the expenses and cost of goods are. If you can ask other people who are similarly in the business for that. Um, And don't leave your day job until you can afford to take a salary out of it. There's a lot of ways you can do a side hustle um, (laughs) and and not be burdened because what ends up happening, y'all know, um, I love families. I've been fortunate now. I'm coming up on being married for six years. My husband and I've been together 28 years. Um, and I value families and I value marriage. And the thing that will topple a marriage really, really quickly is your finances. That's what you guys, you know, are here to talk about and to support. And so before you make that jump, Um, make sure that you can actually make a living wage and you can be happy. So I don't think it's necessarily um, right off the top, like a percentage, you know, when you're starting the business out, I think it's you understanding what the market can bear for the revenue. And then from that starting to build in for me personally, I always like to say, um, you know, if you're looking at a cost of goods for your business, and that's typically if you're selling um, a very easily measurable service or product, 
you're probably not going to want to spend more than about 13 to 15% on employment burden cost. Mm. Um, now, if your cost of goods, if you're in a heavily cost of goods business, maybe you offer a service where a lot of that expense is going into the cost of goods, mm. um, then, you know, you could probably whittle that down a little bit because your cost of being in the business is being absorbed by the actual services that you're charging for. Um, but overall, that's a really, and that's including everybody. That's you and the administrative staff you have is yeah. that 13 to 15%. The lesser your cost of goods are, the more that your, your business can burden your salaries. Mm, that's big. That's, that's really big. good. Yeah. So, and you may have answered this already, but for married entrepreneurs, what would you recommend as a best practice um, for those small business owners, a financial best practice? Yeah, um, I'm going to keep it real simple. Talk about it. Yeah. Talk that best practice is talk about the money in the business. Now, even if neither one of you are gifted in numbers, <laughs> and more often than not, that happens. You're, neither of you are gifted in numbers. Sit down and share with what the numbers are, are because what you don't want to do is keep anything secret from each other. Yeah. Um, if you are both coming to the business and you are both working in it, you need to understand what the numbers are. The same way, like I said, if you're in that spousalpreneur relationship and somebody's in it, because what'll happen is the person who's the entrepreneur is going to start to feel a lot of weight on their shoulders to carry that business. And the most beautiful thing that we can do as a spouse is to be there to lift each other up. Um, to, you know, if, if you are somebody, um, you know, that is spiritual, you know, the Lord pray over them, yeah. lift them up, encourage them. Mm -hmm. And numbers are scary, especially finances have a lot of emotion around them. So first and foremost, share the numbers, don't hide from them. And also that means you have to look at them too. I've sat down with businesses before to coach them and realize that they only look at their financial statements once a quarter. Wow. Not good. Not good business. Got to look at it every, every month. Um, so start there and then really know after that, after you're looking at them and sharing them with your spouse as a married couple, um, really agree on what your, um, what some margins and percentages are. I shared with you sort of that 13 to 15% is a good employee burden cost, yeah. but agree on what that number should be. Um, just like you would in your personal finances, agree with how much, you know, you want to reinvest in the business, invest and in, for marketing and those things and talk about how, what you expect to get out of the business and distributions, mm. because you'll see a lot of marriages in an entrepreneur relationship fail because one person might be a little bit more of a spendthrift than the other person. And so you have one who wants to take out more from the business and one who wants to grow it more. And so mm -hmm. understanding and coming to an agreement on what you want your margins to be um, ultimately helps the business because you're in it together, you grow it together. Um, but a business isn't worth growing if you don't keep your marriage in the process. So amen to that. That, that is so, yeah, that's, that's such a powerful statement. And I really appreciate you saying it. Um, stating it so, so plainly, because mm. oftentimes the business can become a wedge if we allow it. Mm. Uh, with that being said, though, because you mentioned business growth, mm. and I'm just curious, if you're starting off with a skeleton crew, mm. what yeah. is or are um, must-have role or roles mm. uh, for that business in, in an org chart? 
what's a must-have role if we're starting to grow the business? Yeah, the first person that I think that you should bring on your team would be some sort of an assistant type role. Um, this is going to be a, a jack of all trades. So, um, you know, when I first entered the workforce, they were called administrative assistants. Now we're getting technical executive assistants. Um, you know, uh, way back in the day, it was somebody as a secretary, right, who would just do that. But the role has evolved over time. And it's really become somebody who's almost like a generalist in your business. If you hire right, they're a generalist in your business. And that's a great place to start because it's an affordable role. It's usually somebody who has more of a servant's heart. It's somebody who who really wants to help you. Um, and so you can pass off things to them, such as um, very basic accounting. Maybe it's your invoicing. You can pass off things like returning client phone calls. You can pass off maybe even some uh, very light social media um, you know, scheduling and things of that nature. But it's somebody who can just get into your email, help you make appointments, help follow up. And that's going to help you start your business. grow. That scalability that I talked about is yeah. super important because you need to start multiplying yourself in many, many different ways. And if you hire right, that person could actually, if your spouse is involved in the business, they can support you both. So that's what I say starts to become that generalist who can just pick up the things that neither one of you can pick up. So first and foremost, um, as a hire within your business, I say an assistant of some sort, somebody who's got a very general base of knowledge. A key thing to that hire, though, is somebody who really does have um, a hunger to learn more. They've got grit somebody who's super smart, not afraid to figure something out because you're going to get bogged down if they're always coming to you to ask you how to do it. Yes. So you want somebody, um, you know, who can just go out there, grab the bull by the horns and figure out how to do that. Um, second thought, not an internal hire, but make sure you got somebody really good to look at your finances. Mm -hmm. That's typically not somebody. And when I say, look at them, I'm saying like a bookkeeper, Somebody who can do the journal entries, make sure you have a really good chart of accounts, different from your CPA, and don't overpay. Uh, a lot of people just go to their CPA to do that stuff, and they overpay long term. So don't go directly to your CPA to help you with that. Um, but then it gets you out of it, and it'll save you on tax time yeah. because they actually know what you can write off and how to build your business. Oh, that was rich. Like all that right there. Like, I just want to go back and like, <laughs> I'm so good. So good. So um, thank you for that. And we're talking about like hiring support. You mentioned a few different things about um, the bookkeeper, CPA, and just even support. You said the generalist, but what type of um, characteristics you said grit. Um, but as far as someone who, let's say, when it comes to your finances, what type of characteristics should one be looking for or um, to support the finance department? I'll say it like that with air quotes because yeah. we don't know how large that is, but even if it's just that one person. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of opportunities, um, you know, kind of shameless plug here. Um, Belay, you mentioned oh, I'm the COO and CFO for Belay here. <laughs> um, you know, very, partnering with somebody who has hiring practices that are built off of security and integrity, because that's very important. You also want to make sure that they're not just smart you know, somebody who understands a chart of accounts and all the things usually eyes glaze over for chart of accounts, credits and debits and balance sheets, all of those things. But you want to hire somebody who has integrity and, and who has been, you know, has a security check. So you don't want anybody who's had a criminal background 
um, who has done anything nefarious, any of those types of things. Um, but yes, look for somebody who really enjoys the numbers. Now, whether it's belay or you're going out on your own, you're going to want to make sure they have a background check. And you're also going to want to call around and ask for references. Um, if you found a bookkeeper in your local hometown, then um, typically they're probably going to be serving your local dentist, maybe your lawn service, <laughs> you know, other service providers, um, you know, within your community and call and talk to them and ask them, you know, what they're doing. You can even ask to see a sample of financial reports that they've done. They'll just black out all the information for you. Um, so that way it, it doesn't give away any, you know, trade secrets or any of that kind of stuff, but you can kind of take a look and see, um, you know, how well put together the financial reports are little things that you can look out for. Are there a lot of spelling errors? I know that seems so silly, but a chart of accounts requires you to go in there and to say, I'm going to make this account for automobiles, right? Or this is a payment that's going to go to, you know, truest bank or whatever. And if your bookkeeper doesn't have the time to make sure that there's no spelling errors in your chart of accounts, mm. then to me, they're not very detail oriented. Yes. They're not very detail oriented. Then hmm, maybe some of your transactions could end up in the wrong spot as well. Mm. So very, very good, easy thing for you to look at. Even if you don't understand where all the numbers are on the sheets, um, you will want to make sure that uh, that's a good way to determine their attention to detail. And lastly, ask how they do about a, um, a cash flow statement. Most accounting software will have an auto-generated um, cash flow statement. And basically what that does, a lot of people get confused, the profit and loss statement, that number at the bottom, net profit or EBITDA, they think all that money is theirs. It's not, unfortunately. So statement of cash flows or a cash flow statement is really important for a small business owner to see, typically on a weekly or biweekly basis. Ask your bookkeeper how they handle that, because that's how you're going to know how much money you have in the business. And it'll give you a forward facing view of where you're headed versus the monthly financials give you a rear view picture of what already has happened. So. Those are a couple things. That's good. That kind of went into our next question. And we wanted to ask about uh, qualifications or even questions, but you kind of hit that nail on the head. Yeah, I think she did. Yeah. <laughs> are there any type of certifications that one should be looking for when it comes to the bookkeeper? Uh, is there anything? Are there bookkeeper certifications? I don't know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, there absolutely is. You know, these, these are folks who, you know, could have gone to a four-year college. Perhaps they have a bachelor's degree in accounting, um, you know, even a, a technical degree they could have. Uh, to me, um, you know, part of my story is I actually didn't go to college. Wow. Right. A little, good little pause there. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't think, I think there's a lot of weight in it um, in having formal education. Um, I believe my kids, you know, I'm pushing formal education, but I don't always think that that equals somebody to do a good job. And so for me, I would look at and see if they have any certifications in the accounting software that they're recommending you use. For example, QuickBooks, which is the most widely used um, you know, bookkeeping software has a great uh, fast certification, not easy, but fast certification. And so if you would think that if somebody has a business for bookkeeping, that they would have that QuickBooks certification or a Gusto certification, something of that nature, perhaps they're a member of a local or national bookkeeping association, 
And if you're looking to hire a bookkeeper that has their own business, that's not associated with a company like Belay, also ask about the type of liability insurance they're carrying, any errors and omissions insurance, things of that nature, because you want to make sure that you're protected. Um, now, here's something most people don't know. Um, crazy enough, um, if they have insurance, um, it doesn't necessarily always protect them. So for example, if they do something that you hope never happens and they take money from you, unfortunately it does happen in this world. Um, the insurance policy won't, won't cover their theft. Oh. Yeah. So you have to make sure they have the right type of insurance policy so that if something were to happen that you're covered on your end, but things that just happen that are not um, out of intentional, right? Intentional, um, you know, misconduct, things like just missing errors and those types of things. You want to make sure they have the right type of liability insurance that goes into that. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Thank you for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're welcome. Um, this is like really, really good because I think I know it will save so many people uh, time and uh, the headaches and even loss, you know, potential loss if you're if you're not aware of even like what to ask or what to look for, you know. Um, right. That's big. That's I yeah. think that just made visible some potential blind spots even yeah. because, there, you know, there was some things in in your response that I just didn't even consider. Yeah. So, I, so thank you. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, yeah. we definitely had, our, we have our share, fair share of stories of just not knowing and oh, totally. starting out and totally. not knowing what, you know, what the person needed to have as far as credentials. And we're like, oh. Yeah, we have our own chapter <laughs> in the Hindsight 2020 yeah. book. I'm like, we didn't know. We, we should have <laughs> like, just costly, costly mistakes, you know? Um, yeah. So hopefully this will get in front of it for many others um, so they don't have that type of um, experience as well. So thank you for that. Yeah. You're welcome. What I always say is it's one of those things that's very similar to uh, taking your car to a mechanic. Mm. You know, um, we all take our car to a mechanic, even if it's just for a simple oil change. And we place a lot of trust in their hands. Our vehicles are what keeps yes. us safe on the road. If you think about the speeds that we're going. So yes. we, we are trusting that they're going to do the right thing, put the right oil in, not leave any you know, loose tools in the car, tighten up all the bolts and those types of things. And so we look for people who have great reputations, mm -hmm. who have some sort of certification that comes along with it, right? And you're looking to see what type of insurance they have. Yeah. Um, it also helps when you start asking questions. Um, hey, can you tell me why you're doing this to my car? Why is it so important that I get these new tires? What do you mean my brakes are bad? I just had them replaced a year ago, right? The same thing. We just haven't been taught. It's one of those things I think that um, as parents, any of your listeners out there, if you're parents, I think sometimes um, it gets missed to really train up our children to always ask why, consistently ask why. And that's also getting comfortable talking about money. Money should not be one of those things that we skirt around. And so if you're sitting across the table from somebody, your bookkeeper, who is very comfortable talking about money, right? And they are in control of your money. You should feel very comfortable to talk about it with them and to say, I am so sorry, but why did you categorize this expense in this account? Um, I'm sorry, I don't remember buying donuts on Thursday of last week. And why is there an expense for donuts? Mm. Like really diving in because a lot of times that's where things get missed. Yeah. Oh, that's 
Good, good. Thank that you. Is, that is. Thank you for that. So what we like to do right now, we would love to invite you over to our Enjoying the Journey Together segment. Will you will you join us over there? I would love to. Let's do it. <laughs> Before we head over to Enjoying the Journey Together, our partners of LA have an amazing resource for y'all. Get into this right now. <laughs> yeah, so finances don't have to be overwhelming. But we understand why they feel that way. Now ask yourself, where are you coming up short? Is it in the areas of time or accuracy or expertise? When it comes to time, do you spend countless hours trying to make sense of your spreadsheets and receipts or just avoid it altogether? <laughs> or regarding accuracy, have financial mistakes cost you money? Is number crunching your kryptonite? Would you rather do literally anything else? Or regarding expertise, are your books managed by more than one person? Are you confident that you or they are qualified to do them accurately? Listen, y'all, your finances are not the place to be experimenting, holding your breath, fingers crossed, and hoping for the best. No, no, no. Accurate monthly and annual reports of financial data allow you to effectively run your company and build your legacy that enable you to better analyze operations and help inform all business decisions. So listen, as marriedpreneurs, managing your bottom line is the difference between success and failure. We know that. Yes, now guys, come on, you can do this, okay? And Belay's free download of their Bulletproof Budget Template can help. Yep. It's the exact template Belay has used as they have grown. And it will help you clarify your plan for revenue and expenses so you'll have an understanding of what must come in, mm -hmm. what must go out, yep and how much should be left over for your bottom line. So let's just go ahead and get to it. Go ahead and get this amazing resource absolutely free at belay, that's a B as in boy, E-L-A-Y, solutions.com forward slash marriedpreneur. Belaysolutions.com forward slash marriedpreneur. And this is where you're going to find the bulletproof budget template. It's amazing. Y'all go get it right now. Belaysolutions.com forward slash marriedpreneur. Okay, so here we are now at Enjoying the Journey Together. This yeah. is where we give you actionable, practical steps so you too can see traction fast. Okay, so we are honored to have LZ with us over in this segment as well. We're talking about Enjoying the Journey Together. So we would love to ask you some questions about applying uh, different principles, best practices that you use yourself. So when it comes to the finances, what are what would you say some of the best software? You did mention QuickBooks. Um, are, there, are there any other types of recommendations you would make? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you are using a bookkeeper, I, I know QuickBooks has some great tools in it, but bill.com is one of my favorites when it comes to actually bill paying. Um, it's just a very trusted resource. I love the security features that they've built into bill.com. And so I highly recommend that. Um, and this is going to be silly, but it's super affordable. And so I'm hoping your listeners will appreciate it. Google Sheets. If you're using a Google suite of products, y'all, Google uh, Sheets can do a lot for you. Great to track expenses if you don't want to get an expensive, um, you know, um, expense reporting software, start there. And it's great to also start to build out some trends and even do that cash flow report. I told you your bookkeeper should be giving oh, you. <laughs> that's good. I didn't even think about Google Sheets for that. Yeah. Thank you for that, Nugget. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're probably already paying for it with your email address, so go in and, and use it. <laughs> right? This is true. This is yeah. true. Uh, we'd love to ask you a question now when it comes to um, the role that you play 
um, in, in at Belayton business, but then also as a wife and as a mom, you mentioned that a few times throughout our conversation. And yeah. so what would you say would be some of your suggestions for protecting family time? Yeah, great, great question. Um, hands down, you have to have a committed partner. You can't do this thing alone. And so um, if I've learned anything over the 28 years, I've been with my phenomenal husband. It's communication is key. Um, and like I said about talking about finances, we have to learn to get vulnerable and we have to learn to tell our spouses and our family what's going on. And so they know where to help out. That spouse knows where to help out. Another great suggestion with your kids, and this works with any age, you'd be surprised, even your toddlers, you can ask this. If you are working parents and both of you are in the business, or even if you've got one who's out of the office and one who's on the business, you're always going to feel like you're pushed and pulled in a number of directions to be that best parent you can be. And so we try to be everything to everyone, even if this is the catch, even if they haven't asked us to be everything to everyone. And so um, when my kids were toddlers and I started to kind of dabble in doing a little bit of work, I learned to ask them, is it important for mommy to be at this? And because, you know, you'll get invitations to birthday parties and you got your school parties and, you know, they need help. There's a science project that comes home or whatever it is, you know, and obviously it gets easier the older they get. But to ask and say, hey, I saw that you got this invitation to an award ceremony. Um, did you want to go to that? And did you want me to participate? A lot of times we show up to those things because it makes us feel good. And our kids don't even want to go to it. <laughs> and the schools are doing it because they kind of feel like they're obligated to do it. And so one way to make sure you find that balance is just having good communication with everybody in your family. And that includes your kids. Um, start treating them like adults earlier than you think that you would need to treat them like adults because they have opinions already and they love you and they want the best for you. And you putting undue restrictions or, um, you know, pressure on yourself a lot of times is what starts to um, create that unbalance mm -hmm. with uh, creating a life worth living is like I like to say. Yeah, oh, that's good. Thank excellent, you. excellent. Yeah, and let me just ask this, how, how, how do you take time off with family and not still work in your brain? Oh, oh, well, I don't know that I've actually got that figured out yet. <laughs> I can't preach vulnerability and then come up here and lie to you. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. Here's the thing is that I love what I do. Yeah. And yeah. so I figured that I could be thinking about a hobby. I mean, you, some people get wrapped around the axle with their hobby, right? They could be thinking about that. Um, and so it, it's not necessarily that I don't think about it, but I make sure that it doesn't cause a burden in my heart and a, and a burden in the space that I'm trying to be. It, it should never take over me being present where I'm at. Um, and so that is really, if it's something I think uh, technology is a big distractor for that. Um, but um, one easy fix to that I have learned is to be in a place I really want to be. And so I lose track of time and I lose track of where I'm at. And so schedule more, you know, schedule more activities where you get lost in the moment and lost in the memories that you're making with your family and your friends that you don't have that downtime. Mm -hmm. um, but if it's something you love and it's something that you're building a legacy for your family, I think it's naturally uh, natural to get excited and to think about it. Just don't let it overtake your life. 
that's thank you so much, LZ. This was this is amazing. <laughs> thank you. That was a great cherry on top of all of this big. Oh, good. <laughs> thank you well, so this much. Is awesome. Thank you. No, thank you for inviting me to be with you guys, and and hopefully your listeners got a little golden nugget as you teased out in the beginning that okay. they can take with them. Yes, thank you so much again, and you all, you heard the um, very about the very special gift and resource that Belay is offering you all. So go ahead and get it right now. And until next time, keep living. Purposefully. Powerfully. And profitably in sync. All right, peace guys. Peace out. Ready to drop them bars, hubby? Funny. Yeah. Yeah, we here. Hi, girl. Okay. <laughs> Check it out. It's like, hmm, okay, it's OL and Sway back what? again. Another episode, press play, now and you in. in. Motion to build out your legacy. Family imply your marriage plus ministry. What? The content is real life in real time, yep. Mm. A little more to help you both soar and step. Same page where we know you want to be. Yep. And no, it's not as easy as one, two, three. But? It's more like three, two, one. Yep. Where you got to plan your work, work your plan and have fun. And yep. anything you two will call to is doable. Hit subscribe, press like, make this reviewable. Anything you two will call to is doable. Hit subscribe, press like, make it reviewable. Peace. Peace. Anything you call to is doable. Press subscribe. Press like, make this reviewable for the people in the back. <laughs> That's a wrap.